Life Audio. Today and tomorrow, we're going to debrief a little bit over the first week of content, talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and how she was a woman of authority. If you are spot on and you are all the way through that first week and you're ready to keep going, then absolutely keep going. For those of you that are maybe a little bit behind or want to spend a little bit more time on each day, today and tomorrow will give you a little bit of an opportunity to catch up. Just as a reminder, you can ask questions as we go. You can go to the She Hears Facebook page and ask questions. We're doing a live once a week on Thursdays where I will answer some of the common questions that people have. Again, just an additional resource to help bless you in this journey. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, by now... You will have finished week one, and I wanted to just give you some moments to just kind of hear my heart behind chapter one and my prayer for you throughout this week. By now, I hope you will have realized just from my voice throughout this week that um, I'm not one that has it all together. In fact, I say this over and over. It's why I need Jesus, because there's so much brokenness in me that um, that's what really allows the light of Jesus to shine through. And I I sat down to talk to you this morning and I have a cup of coffee because I want this to feel like we are friends and we are sitting across from each other because I want to establish a, a relationship with you in the sense that I am praying for you. I've been praying for you and I will continue to pray, pray for you. And I don't always have somebody like that in my life. And it would be an honor and a privilege if I could be that person for you. Um, You can always reach out to me for prayer. Rachel at shehears.org is my email or through the website. But I I sat down with my cup of coffee and I realized that I had my broken mug. I don't know if you can see, but the handle is broken off. And this is a mug. It's two of my favorite colors um, that don't always go together, but they do on this mug. It's a mug that my husband bought me on our honeymoon. And a couple years into our marriage, the handle broke off. And he said, well, just throw it out. I'll order you a new one. And, And he did order me a new one. And I have that one as well. But I couldn't bring myself to throw this mug out because... I love it. It's it, it's special to me. It holds just the right amount of coffee. Um, it suits the need that I have for it to be filled. It reminds me of a very special time in my life. Um, it's my favorite colors. And it still works, even if it's broken. And I think that's kind of 
an echo of my own heart and my own relationship with God throughout my life. Um, none of us gets through this life without some brokenness. That's just the reality of life, whether it's grief or sorrow or um, divorce or abandonment or childhood wounds or friendship wounds or leadership wounds. We all have some brokenness. My goal, though, is to help you to see that despite your brokenness, Sometimes even because of your brokenness, God can still use you and he delights in you regardless of that brokenness. It's the very reason he came for you to die on the cross so that that brokenness could be made new. I hope that you will see that thread throughout the book, but I just thought that was a really special thing that I didn't even plan. Maybe perhaps God did. So today what we're going to do is go through just a couple thoughts I had on week one, Mary, the woman of authority. And initially, you might think, well, why did you start with Mary? And to be perfectly honest, um, initially it was just because as I was going through the book of John, she was the first one that had a story in the narrative example. But I think even beyond that, um, my hesitation with Mary at first was, was really an insecurity. I didn't really know much about her. As an evangelical pastor, even... Um, we don't study Mary a whole lot. Um, it's almost reserved for the more conservative face. And um, if we do talk about Mary in most conservative uh, Christian circles, even, uh, it's really centered around the Christmas story. And this, the the study of Mary in this passage was so different than anything I had ever done before. And as I kind of walked through my own uh, color method you know, method really, as I was studying, I realized, man, this story is so rich with how Jesus shows us um, their relationship and the picture of their relationship together. So even though I didn't know anything about Mary, I did what, exactly what I asked you to do in the text, really set aside any preconceived notions. Um, I remember even as a young child, my, my grandfather was Catholic, and I remember going to the Catholic church with him, and I remember him praying, and I remember this big statue of Mary, and I remember just thinking, man, she's so beautiful. And even when I asked him, I said, Papa, can you tell me about her? He couldn't articulate the reasons why he held her in such high regard. And there was always this kind of like, holy mystery surrounding her um, because of who she was and the role that she had in the life of Jesus. And I let that intimidate me from studying her. And so um, in all honesty, this was the first time I had studied her in depth. And I hope that as you approach her this week, that you had that same ability to kind of disregard the things that you maybe had learned or known in the past. Um, and it didn't feel too religious for you, but that you could really get the heart to the heart of the story that Jesus shows us in this chapter. I'm going to go ahead and read it just so it's fresh in your mind. And this is from John chapter two. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, what business do you have with me, woman? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he tells you, do it. Now there were six stone water pots standing there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing two or three measures each. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. And they took it to him. Now when the head waiter tasted the water which had become wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, 
The head waiter called the groom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first, and when the guests are drunk, then he serves the poorer wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. The beginning of his signs Jesus did in Cana at Galilee and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed him. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll finish talking about part one of the debrief of Mary, mother of Jesus. Stay tuned. A friend of mine this week who has actually sipped the wine in Cana said, oh, if you could only taste it, it is the most amazing wine that comes from Cana. I hope to uh, have some one day, although I'm not a wine drinker, but I would love to just at least sip it. How did reading through uh, the scriptures this week affect you? I would love to hear about it on our Facebook page, where which is a community of people that are going through the She Hears study, where we can kind of just walk through the material together and share what God is um, sharing with us. But one of the things that I think that is bears repeating, and I've said this in the book, and I've said it probably in several of the intro, intro videos or the um, podcasts that you may have heard, I think it's really important that when we're reading scripture, we, we do it with uh, two things in mind. First, the meta-narrative of scripture. What is the overarching theme of the whole book and the whole context of scripture? And also the lens of Jesus. As we're reading, are we reading through the lens of who we know Christ to be? His character, his nature. I think sometimes we forget those things when we are kind of pulling out specific verses. The other thing I think is really important is that as you can see, we are reading through chunks of scripture, not one or two verses. I think one of the dangers that we get into when we're trying to study scripture on our own is just taking one verse and applying it to our life. Instead, what we need to do is consider the message that the original author and the original intended audience, what they were trying to portray, and let that inform our lifestyle, our thinking, our attitudes, our behaviors. We should never be reading anything less than a whole paragraph of scripture. And, and to be perfectly honest, it's better to be reading the whole book and sitting the whole book at a time. But at, the, at minimum, a whole chapter, a whole paragraph is really um, better for understanding the context of what's going on. Yes, the word is living and active, and it can absolutely mean things for me today that it did not mean for me, me yesterday because of God's spirit indwelling the word. However, there is a danger when we try to assign the definition to a text. And so what I mean by that is sometimes you will hear a sermon preached and it is a topical sermon and it's about mostly a story time about that pastor's life. And then they will take two or three verses and plug it in to um, that, that story to kind of make their story make sense. While they could be right, sometimes what happens is that that scripture is manipulated to fit their story. A better way to do this is to let the storyline of scripture inform you. You can get at the same concepts and you can still do a topical study. So for instance, you might be doing a study on the topic of grace. And instead of just pulling different verses from the Bible about grace, take a chapter that talks about the storyline of grace and use that chapter to kind of inform how um, you were studying the word and understanding that within the context of that original original audience and that original author. And so the reason why I say this is if I were to send a letter to my daughter and it talked about how much I loved her, but I was disappointed in her and I needed to discipline her a little bit, um, but that we were also going to go back to on vacation 
you know, the following week. That would be very specific to that situation. If then that letter was mailed to um, somebody on the other, on the West Coast, I live on the East Coast, and the West Coast person read it as if that letter was to them, well, what would happen if they showed up my, to my house to go on vacation with me? Do you see what I'm saying? There's a disconnect because that letter wasn't intended for them. Now, if somebody read that letter with the idea in mind, like, oh, this is a mother writing to her daughter, and you can see she still loves her daughter. She's speaking the truth with love and grace. She's calling her to accountability, but there's still no uh, rip in the in the relationship. That can inform me on how I should maybe parent my child or how I could grow as a mom or those kinds of things. Concepts can still be derived, but you can't take them out of context without considering who that letter was written for or who that passage of scripture was written for. So that's why we are studying larger chunks. I had a friend of mine say to me last week, you know, when I read the scriptures, I just see a bunch of words on the page and I can't understand anything, even if I have a study Bible in front of me. Um, I think that's why I prefer studying smaller chunks of scripture for a, a couple days, a whole week, or however long it takes for you to understand it. Because to me, it is much more valuable to understand one chunk of scripture and how it's relevant to my life and how it can um, change my attitudes and behavior versus reading five different passages that week and I don't remember any of them or, or or even understand how it's relevant to my life. And so yes, I'm an advocate of reading through the scriptures and absolutely you can read through the scripture and have God uh, kind of download something to you. But I think more often what happens is when we take the time to really read with an in intention and understand the scriptures for how it's relevant to our own lives, that can be life-changing in a way that just sitting down to check off your box because you read your chapter that day, that for me, at least in my experience in my life, has not been life-changing. I might feel better because I checked off the box and I read my Bible for the day, but I still had a bad attitude or I still, you know, sinned throughout the day because I was angry or whatever it was. For me, it's been so much more life-changing to kind of digest these passages in smaller chunks. Okay, friends, we're going to end here for today, and tomorrow we're going to pick up with part two of the debrief of Mary, mother of Jesus. I hope to see you back here tomorrow. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more.
Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.